Men are victims of human trafficking. That statement may be a pretty obvious one, but sadly it's something that comes as a bit of a surprise when we talk about the unique challenges that male victims of modern slavery face. Now that's down to a number of different reasons, partially due to the fact that we don't really hear many stories from male victims of modern slavery, but over 10 million victims of modern slavery are men. And in 2021, over 77% of all victims referred to the UK's national referral mechanism were men. It's easy to discount the barriers that men face to receive help and support when we're not even aware that they exist. Today, we're going to be hearing from Rabin, a survivor of forced labour in Norway. He talks about his experiences, his struggles and why... Without the help of Hope for Justice, he may not have found the opportunity to receive justice from his exploitation. So let's talk about it. My name is Karabrin Karawanov and I live in Bulgaria the coast side of Bulgaria. I have worked uh, in construction site, different kind of uh, trades, uh, many years. And uh, my country, it's not uh, it's not best uh, conditions for uh, this kind of work. Mm. So I have offer from Norway that I can work for better money. Not only one time, but a couple of times. So what happened when you arrived at the company? Somewhere in the middle, we start examining some difficulties to, to get salary on time. Uh, actually, we never get any salary. We just uh, used to get some advance money two times in the beginning. That was normal. And it's like already like 40, 50 days was uh, behind us. And uh, we were thinking that something is uh, happened because the workers, the other workers from the same company that used to work longer than us, they say like they have no ever salary on time. How did business get around not paying you while you were there working? The managers of the company, they say, uh, send us, they have sent us uh, email every time before the date. So they exclude uh, our reason to ask, you know, the email that it says like we uh, experienced some difficulties. So because uh, um, accountant and accountant uh, problems, so you will get your salary as soon as possible, like in one week or something. Hmm. And the first time accountant was uh, in holiday, after that accountant has uh, the reason that he have done nothing and he has so much uh, to do at once and difficult, uh, the different explanations. Like four times I have my emails that after the four times you, you told yourself like something's going on here, you know. <laughs> So some people might wonder why you didn't go to the police uh, first. Like, why didn't you go to them for help? Nobody have threatened us. There were no violence. 
So the police says like, it's not uh, not a criminal. It's not such a big problem. You just don't get salary, you know. <laughs> Money are a bigger threat than a gun for me. And I believe for my kind of people. So when you yeah. didn't get paid your salary, what did you do next? I, in the beginning, I felt uh, very, very calm because uh, I couldn't believe that's possible in Norway. When I worked in Norway, okay, it's better salary, but when you get when you don't get your salary for two months and you are going in big debt here in, in your home country too, you know, because all of us have families here. And uh, it's not, uh, we couldn't afford uh, any kind of a war at this point. And yeah, those were the reason that uh, we went to Hope for Justice because we heard about it from different Bulgarian workers. This company, what I know since I know it, uh, it's, it helped so many people. It helped us amazing. They have connections with other NGO and uh, they work together and make uh, like really like the name justice to come true. Uh, I'm so happy from their help, really, because uh, they were the main back that we lay on for uh, to hold this story, you know, and uh, not only from the legal side, but they help us. Eh, all, all, all kind of uh, ways, you know, even with just calming us down, you know, because uh, to, to explain, okay, we, we you will get help. This is something important on the first time that because you don't know uh, what to do, you know. So they make to us to move in another place. They get us a shelter and with another NGO and uh, I actually, I never used uh, help like that before. I didn't know it's existing, you know. But it's nice that there are some people in the world like that. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I really appreciate and admire your courage coming on and, you know, telling your story. Yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm really thankful, really grateful. Prabin's story gives us an incredible insight into just one experience of how traffickers use psychological coercion and financial manipulation to keep people like Krabin in their situation of exploitation. What I found so profound in Krabin's story was the moment where uh, he mentioned that financial threats and the weight of supporting a family back home were more powerful to make him comply than any physical threats that can be levied against him. I commend Rabin for sharing his experiences and having the courage to do so knowing that on the other side of his story is the prevention of other people from going through the same thing. And as always, thank you so much for tuning into this episode and to all the other episodes on our Let's Talk About It series. And if you'd like to get more involved in the work that Hope for Justice do, feel free to head over to hopeforjustice.org to find out how you can get involved in ending slavery and changing lives. Or, as a first step, 
Why don't you give this podcast a review? Let us know how we're doing and how we can equip you in understanding how human trafficking affects our world and what voices you'd like to hear from. Follow Hope for Justice and other anti-slavery charities on social media to stay up to date on the issue and show your support. But for now, we'll see you on the next one.